0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and Ann we are talking a wrinkle in time.
1: Time keeps on wringling, wrinkling, wrinkling,
0: wrinkling. Uh-huh. DJ Khaled!
2: Some people stand, some people move. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. As long as you've got hope.
1: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! Hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies leaky. We cover some very various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 319. 319.
0: 319. Not the room in The Shining.
1: It's it's rarely ever going to be that because we already passed that number. <laughs> like it's not It's not an
0: option. 270-something.
1: Two, three, seven. We're not, we're, we're past, we're, we're so far past it at this point. There's no reason to keep running out. No, no.
0: Well, we're, we're trying to move up to the next floor. Come on. <laughs> we are the next floor. It's 300. We're, we're, same, same room next floor. Anyway.
1: All right. <laughs> and this week, for three, people have lost interest already. No, no, they're, <laughs> they're
0: just like, oh, yeah, and I, I'm slowly moving it forward.
1: Well, okay. This for, for for episode 319. We're talking a wrinkle in time. All right. Uh, the new the new film from Ava DuVernay, director. Um, yeah, that's the that's the plan for this week's episode. Joining us to discuss a wrinkle in time, we have from Maxwell's Chop house. living just over the happy medium. It's Maxwell Hadded. Hello. Also joining us from EdgeOnTheNet.com, speaking only in quotes from famous silent movie actors. It's Kevin Taft. Aha,
0: uh-huh. I like that, Kevin. He, didn't say anything. he, he, he,
1: he went with it. He yes. went with it,
0: yeah.
2: It did. Hello. How That's when are the two talkies of you what? what? That's when the talkies happen.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. how, how are the two of you doing this evening? Pretty good.
2: Yeah, I'm good. Glad good. to you
1: here? Yeah. We're sure. here. <laughs> well, <true. clears throat> let's just get to it. Jeez, hold my. on.
0: <clears throat> Holding.
1: <clears throat> All right. Was that a cat? Yeah, I jumped out of my throat.
0: <laughs> Usually
1: frogs uh, jump out of throats. <laughs> whole cats jump out of my throat. That's the... <laughs> it's March.
0: <laughs> and Daylight Savings happened.
1: I also, I waved my hand as if, like, it's a standard thing, and you could see that at the same time. It's March.
0: <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta explain that to the listeners what we're doing physically. So Yeah,
1: that that's sense. how podcasts work, Dave. You take, you, it's like, it's, it's um, closed captioning with the, you know, the extra descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> so As, it's like a, it's like a stage play. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's a question, specifically maybe Kevin, because it's a, it, like it happened at a press screening for me once. Has it ever happened to you where they play a movie and they accidentally have the closed captioning with the descriptive audio on it?
2: Never.
0: That happened to
1: me once for a movie. It was that Gerard Butler surfing movie. Oh yeah.
0: Chasing Mavericks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did, was oh, was right. Helen Hunt in that movie?
2: No. No. Okay. No, that was the one with the surfer girl. Oh, okay, gotcha, all right. Yeah, that's the, that's the other one. That's yeah. the
1: other surf movie. Okay. Regardless, though, they started, They played the movie, and the first it came off out audio, and then they started again, and it had the descriptive audio, so it was describing just everything that was on screen. Is like, oh, that's not the way to watch <laughs> and this. They
0: really just want to make sure that you're reading and following the, the directions.
1: Well, because it starts with, like, it's like underwater, person swimming. It's like, okay, so this is one. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just the director's choice. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get to some show notes real quick. <laughs> <clears throat> uh first up, iTunes user Ratings, good to get those, helps out our show, helps other people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search for Out Now out There and nave you can do just that and you can give us a rating and a review. And even subscribe if you haven't already. I yeah. should really mention that more. You should really if you're if you're listening to the show and you're not subscribed to it, that helps also.
0: So, that helps. You know. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, thank you again to the, the our most recent uh, uh review.
1: Yeah, we got a new review recently on iTunes. Um what else? Uh commentaries. Uh we do a commentary every month, and it is a new month. Our theme for the commentaries for the past couple months has been movies that Titanic crushed at the box office 20 years ago. Yep. So we've done Deep Rising and Dark City. One of those is better than the other. And um, we got another commentary coming, and I think we've made this decision at this point. We're going to do the Big Lebowski. That's right. The Big yeah. Lebowski's going to commentary track, uh, which I think will be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to do. We don't generally do comedies, but I think there's enough there with Coen Brothers' wackiness.
0: Yeah, there's a ton of, of nuance there.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll dig into that one in the coming weeks, and uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for show notes, so let's move on, let's get to know everybody, we're each week we ask each other a request or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. everybody. That's good. Wasn't bad. It was good. It's been a weird week, because we've been doing all the bonus shows, we haven't done it I know, we've,
0: we've had like five other bonus shows.
1: Yeah, with all the Oscars and all that.
3: was <laughs> on there. Yeah, he was. It sure was, yeah, I've been on a lot this week, so <laughs> yeah. thank
1: you. Well let's see let's get to it right now i have a question for you guys okay yep would you want to teleport to other parts of the galaxy or other dimensions
0: can i ask you a clarifying question
1: i slowly turned my head as i read my question so i'm slowly turning it back to the <laughs> microphone <laughs> okay thank you go. for
0: giving us these stage directions yes uh, are we traveling with our mind or are we traveling with some sort of device how are we doing this
1: this is really part of the qu- like I've I mean, asked. Where would you want time, to teleport? They, they, and you're, you're asking about, about the, the means to teleport. Yeah, I gotta know. You're in a you, well, Jesus. You're yes, your minds. You're using your minds.
0: Mm, <laughs> if it's mind,
1: oh. <laughs> it just matters. Oh.
0: I might have to just travel. Wait, was it? What, did you say parts of the world or parts of the universe?
1: I said other parts of the galaxy or other dimensions.
0: Oh, I would definitely travel other dimensions if I could do it with my mind.
1: Now. Okay, so if I said you are in a big, like, plastic bubble, and you, what would your answer be then?
0: That'd be, see, then there'd be other galaxies, because, you know... That <laughs> dimensionally <laughs> speaking, how do I know what, what a bubble looks, a sphere looks like in the sixth dimension?
1: Maxwell, Kevin, what are your answers? To
3: this <laughs> <question>? <laughs> Could I, like, go to France? Sure, that's another part of the galaxy, technically. Yeah, yeah, I'd go to France, <laughs> have some cheese. <laughs> 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 see, Maxwell's
0: got the practical answer. <laughs>
2: I would do. I would want to do
0: both.
2: Mm. Do I have to choose?
0: You would have to choose. I mean, uh, you could,
1: maybe you could treat it like like a like a layover on planes and go to another part of the galaxy first before heading to your next dimension.
2: <laughs> well, true. So I would say galaxy first because I'm afraid that if we go to other dimensions, something really bad might happen. Because I feel like that's scarier than going to another planet.
0: All, all I'm looking for is Matthew McConaughey just trying to you know. Tell his daughter some stuff about the, murph!
2: the
1: murph don't let me go murph
2: the poltergeist bookcase
0: i'm really one. good at our mcconaughey impressions okay <laughs> i've got a question for you guys yeah is it duvernay or duvernay
2: duvernay i think
0: the reason why i asked is because before my showing of a wrinkle in time she showed up on the screen to thank us for watching the movie and she pronounced it duvernay
2: well, then I would think that that's the way to pronounce it unless she's in a
3: But I always thought it was DuVernay as well. I don't know. I'm just I wondering. always thought it was DuVernay because... Oh, you yeah, the get you the right spelling. one. Yeah. The V is capitalized. Right. Or DuVernay. So, I
1: don't
3: yeah. know. Observation Duvernay? skills, Maxwell's Duvernay. 100.
1: The, the only place where that throws me off is with James McAvoy because the is capitalized, so I think James McAvoy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't say it that way, mainly because I never say James McAvoy. I'll bet
0: you that he doesn't mind. Is he a, is he a friend of the show yet? He isn't. No. Okay. All right. Because
1: I, I <laughs> well, like James McAvoy a, quite a like, bit. This feels like the first time that's not an X Men movie that I'm talking about James McAvoy. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> all
0: right. So we we figured we've established that it's
1: Duvernay. Okay, I got
0: it.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: Goddell got, got, got that all sorted. That's how you play. N- know everybody. Know everybody. All right. Um, oh, what, what? Sorry, back up. Uh-oh. <laughs> r- 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 no. Uh oh. No. We had Duvernay
0: our Duvernay or Duvernay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, we had our poll question that we've been. We doing did have a poll past- question. You know, this was this was uh, one this of the most entered one. polls we've done so far, as yeah. well as one of the tightest races in Starz polls. It's
0: kind of a not fair question.
1: Yeah. Uh, so to, to recap, for Maxwell and Kevin, we've been doing polls on the Out Now Facebook page, facebookcom podcast, where we've put we've pit two movies against each other in a deathmatch style tournament here, where Choosing one means you save it, and not choosing the other means that it's erased from existence completely. As in, not only is the movie gone, but like the directors and actors, their career paths change. There's no pop culture association because it never existed before. Anything is just eliminated from it. Uh, so keep that in mind when I say this, because you choose one. And the, the movies we put up against each other were uh, you know, children's favorites. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory versus The Princess Bride.
2: Uh, kept rid of Willy Wonka
3: oh <laughs> uh, the princess bride's gotta
1: go
2: whoa hey. I, i'm actually
0: in favor of the princess or i'm voting to keep the princess bride i'm yeah. voting to get rid of willy wonka okay good we're yeah. now we gotta wait for aaron
1: no he has no <laughs> no i i would choose the princess bride as well Ooh, uh, three
0: against one on on this panel it's kind it's tough because you know what i like about the willing walk and the chocolate factory I love the line, you get nothing. So if it's erased <laughs> from history, that line never exists, and that meme never exists. So, And also the Oompa song. It's very catchy.
1: No, there's plenty of things I love about Willy Wonka. Uh,
3: but for I, me, it's all about Gene Wilder. Um, I think he's one of the great comedic talents of, of uh, recent film history, and that's one of his best performances. And to lose that, I think, would be a, a much more significant blight on... Cinema history than to lose Princess Bride. What does that mean? We don't get Carrie Ules and in, in Saw. I can live with that. <laughs> but See, that's I had, why you have
1: to think I, about these questions. Uh, I somehow completely.
3: think Mandy Patinkin would still end up on Homeland. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm but pretty I, confident just, about that. So that's
2: their, that's their legacy, and Gene Wilder has Young Frankenstein and a slew of others. So I think we could do without Willy Wonka. Plus, it's creepy. <laughs> the whole movie is horrible and creepy and I deep. mean all
0: of those grandparents sleep in the same bed.
2: Right? That's gross. <laughs> well, let me let me go let me read the poll results yeah. really quick because oh. it was
1: interesting because th- they were taking turns leading the way as this, as the week went on and it's still open. Oh. Uh well, by the time this podcast comes out it won't be open. It so never be. mind. It scratch that. See. Scratch that part. Um but it currently sits at 55% voting for Willy Wonka to 45% on the on the Princess Bride.
0: Wow, so people it's are stable. choosing Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory
1: yeah, it is close, but yes, people are overall choosing Willy Wonka over
3: fifty percent to go. And, and they uh, were and, voting for which they would choose, not which one they are choosing to go.
1: Yeah, cho- yeah, choosing which one they they're supporting. Yeah. Oh. So princess, so Prince Pride is getting tossed in this scenario.
0: Yeah. Well, you win some, you lose some.
1: Yeah. Well, I I like that I made this one hard. This wasn't an easy. It was one a tough see. one. Yeah.
0: The other ones were like okay, RoboCop versus Predator kind of thing. It's Like okay, that's easy enough. Or I'm sorry, yeah. Terminator, uh, Real Cover, Terminator, but it's like, yeah, this one.
1: To me, they were tough. <laughs> like, yes, this one yeah. challenged the challenge the There's a lot
0: of pop culture references in both that are used currently. That's yes. That's why it's I, like, yeah. oh, this is this is weird. Mm-hmm. You get nothing.
1: They have. That's gonna be my hashtag on my Twitter for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, without that in mind, that's how you play. Everybody know everybody. Know everybody. <sighs> All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to I know cookies. TM. pretty good thank you you're welcome I I thought it was good Abe what else have you seen this week
0: I watched Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle yeah and it was actually pretty good I was surprised I I think I had been missing out because I had just been so busy with work but I finally got a chance to catch up with it and I I certainly liked the way that they employed the video gameness in the movie kind of Makes up for some of the the plot holes, right? I mean, for the most part, it's um it's a fun little romp, and I certainly liked uh, that the Rock was kind of a little bit more of the straight man again, and Kevin Hart is also not going overboard. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a it's a fun little uh, continuation of the Jumanji series because they even bring up Alan Parrish, and they also uh, like what Aaron had noted before. They kind of just picks up right after. Um, the, it the is events, a sequel yeah, yeah the events yes. of uh of the first one so yeah man
3: good job
1: all right uh maxwell what have you seen recently
3: all right uh i saw the strangers pray at night which Ooh. i thought was a pretty decent sequel with a nice retro vibe uh and i also saw thoroughbreds which i absolutely loved i thought it was a brilliant brilliant and incredibly deliciously dark film how is how anton in that movie uh very good um interestingly i think he brings a lot of the humanity to the piece and it was really sad to see him one last time R.I.P. man love that dude
1: i uh very much agree with, with both things that you said actually but yeah seeing anton yelchin in like another film role it's like well this is this is kind of bittersweet because yes he's very good because he's generally good in things, yeah. regardless of the movie and even then i can't think of many offhand that i just outright dislike that he started but um but no, yeah, he's great. But yeah, the, the whole movie, I think, is really good. I mean, you, you, Maxwell, you tweeted about the uh, the sound design in particular. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it is a great kind of – the way it's constructed, It I think it works really well. I actually – of movie – people have been uh, mentioning Heathers a lot in relation mm-hmm. to it, and I, I get that, but at the same time, it's like Heathers is a w- much different kind of movie. The movie, which is also very different from this, that I kept thinking of, though, was last year's Killing of a Sacred Deer. That kind of deliberateness of that filming and the cult, like the way that they use this kind of mansion and how cold and clinical it all feels like, that kept coming to mind in the midst of this kind of... I know. thought of
3: uh, funny games a little bit. At yeah, time. yeah, that's a yeah. Interesting. Hmm.
1: I know there's more to say about The Strangers, which is why I'm going to go next to Kevin. What have you seen recently?
2: Um, I saw the exact same two movies. I saw Thoroughbreds and Strangers Pray at Night.
0: Look at Thoroughbreds... you
2: guys. Huh, right? Thoroughbreds <laughs> Uh, did not do it for me I loved the first half hour I thought it was hilarious it felt a little Heather's Meets Cruel Intentions but then A I could not like I kept on my eyes kept on closing because I was just bored it just doesn't go anywhere I just didn't get it and it just ends and you're like really that's it I just uh." I had a friend who saw it last night too and he was like what'd you think I'm like you go (laughs) and you let me know and he hated it too <laughs> okay. Not saying that you guys are wrong. I'm just saying like I didn't uh, I was hoping that's my type of movie, but I didn't connect with it at all. However, Strangers 2 I thought was delightful. Um I liked the I liked the retro vibe, I loved the way they use music. I loved how all the jump scares were not punctuated with music or any sound effect. They just happened. Um I don't know, I really I liked the cast, I thought the cast was great. I don't know, I loved it, I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah, I uh, well, will go into mine because I've seen. I saw this was a big week this week. You know, we have the movie we're talking about, we have those two, and we have two others that I'll mention a bit here. But yeah, I'll go a bit more into the strangers because that is a movie that I the first one I really enjoy. I think the first strangers film, which I think we can all agree. I mean, Abe and I we've talked about this a number of times. It's a very effective horror movie. It is. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's very. It's very minimalist, which I think adds tremendously to it as far as you know how it's using a location, very few characters, and no real on-screen violence, just kind of terror to get to you. And the sequel, it does a lot of the same things. I think it feels it's a bit more conventional as far as how similar it is to other slasher films. But I, what I like is that it still feels indebted to something. Like, if there's a lot of Carpenter, a lot of Toby Hooper in this yeah. movie also. Yeah. Like, and as far as Carpenter, there's a lot of Christine and the Fog in this movie, which I was like, oh, I didn't yeah. see that coming, but there you go. Um, but yeah, the use of music I think is very clever. There's a really cool pool sequence that That's I think... So good. That's a that's a standout scene for just like horror whole um,
3: recent years. The use of zoom in, in that scene, killed yeah, me. I loved uh, it so much. Yeah,
1: yeah there's, there's there's some because cl- it's from the director of Forty Seven Meters Down, which is. A movie. Um, but I, was, <laughs> but I mean, I was, it's a shark was, movie. It is, which seems be, which should be up my alley. But um, <laughs> but no, what I think there's a lot of style here that I wasn't necessarily expecting. I like it's because it, the first drink because I just watched the, the strangers came out on uh, scream Factory Blu-ray, which I oh, watched recently. Okay. So I was I was it was the first time I watched it since seeing it in theaters like in full. And so I was like, oh yeah, this movie is like unsettling. But it also, there's a lot of, like, shit. it's all shaky cam. Like, the whole, not shaky, but it's all handheld. hand-held like, so yeah. it, has a, it has a very kind of personal feel to it. This one, exactly the opposite. It's, like, all steady cam. And the whole thing is very, like, it's all a lot of tracking shots, a lot of zooms, like you mentioned. Uh, so it, it has, a like, a different feel to it. Like, the only thing that connects it is the fact that it's called The Strangers, essentially, and it has those people in those masks. Um, just like Mark Rowlands wore that hat. It has those people in those
0: masks. Academy Award winner, Mark Rattlant's.
1: Yeah, uh, but no, I I agree <laughs> with you guys. I, I don't think it's, you know, quite to the level of the first Strangers, but I still think it's an effective horror sequel um, that for some reason took 10 years to make.
3: I, and I'm, I'm, I agree that the first is better, but I'm still probably more likely to watch this again because the first one deeply unsettles me. And this was more of like a fun slasher type horror film.
1: Oh, I can agree with that. Me too, yeah. Nick. Um, me too. There's a, there's a watchable aspect to it where you'll come back to it, I would say. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not as nihil it's not as nihilistic as the first yes. one. Is. <laughs> the uh, first uh,
2: reminded yep. me too much of uh did anybody see a French movie called Them? Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard there's of like, it. like, yeah. And
2: it's like, literally the same kind of story except for they're a little younger, but um I think I saw that right before I saw The Strangers, so to me the strangers felt like a ripoff. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get into it as much. I thought it was fine. So that's I think that's why I like this one better.
1: Fair enough. Okay um I've, i saw the other two releases of the week as well i mentioned this one before but it's now out in for a whopping four theaters and will hopefully spread further as the you know time goes on but the death of stalin is now in theaters yes. and it's tremendous um i'll be if there's another movie as funny as the death of stalin that i see this year i'll be very happy because the death of stalin is incredibly good that movie definitely um, needs to expand it, I'm sure it will, but yes, it's it's from an Armando Iannucci who created Veep. He made In the Loop in, in the English series In the Thick of It, which In the Loop is a, like a spinoff of essentially. Um, but no, it, it's very much that kind of humor, a lot of sharp-witted conversations amongst political people that happen to be you know, Russian this time around. Um, very much his sensibilities, but really just is is pretty cutthroat in <laughs> hilarity and <laughs> situations that happen based off the horrible people that were running Russia during the fifties. So there you go. Um, and lastly, the film the other film I saw was Gringo um, with uh, David O. Joel Edgerton, Charlie Theron, Amanda Seyfried, directed by Nash Edgerton. Yeah, so it's an Edgerton, Edgerton of family. Joel, yeah. Yes, uh, Nash Edgerton, who directed The Square, uh, like. Almost ten years ago now, which is a really cool neo noir that I really like. Which is mainly why I wanted to see this one to see what he would do next, because he's mainly like a stunt guy and he's done like short films as well. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's I, I think David Yellowo is very good in this. Like he's playing against type because he's, you know, he's a classically trained you yeah. know professional actor. He's kind actor, of playing an playing, idiot in this movie. It's right not really an idiot. He's just kind of a rube where okay. he's just <laughs> suckered into things and he's running around and he gets involved in like <sighs> random kidnapping plots um, in Mexico. Based off what his company's doing to him versus what he's trying to do to his company after he figures out that his company's trying to do things. to It's it's mm, very. It's one of those movies. It is. It feels a lot like um, after Pulp Fiction came out, when you saw a lot of people trying to imitate trying Pulp to imitate Fiction, it, it feels yeah. like it feels like one of those kind of scripts that happens to be out in 2018 for some reason. Um, <laughs> and it then just took him a long that,
0: time to write it. Come on.
1: Well, then I found out that one of the co-writers is the guy that one of the guys that wrote uh, Big Trouble, which was Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, like not in like, Little it, China. It's like Get Shorty, but not because it's not Elmore Leonard. It's just like it's just styled like it, so mm-hmm. it, it feels a lot like that kind of movie, where it's like a big, like a big ensemble cast, lots of different plot threads going on, right. lots of crime comedy happening. So, but regardless, it, it's from Amazon, so it'll eventually be on Amazon Prime. That's the best place to see it. You don't need to race out to see it. Thanks for using our rating system. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, that's on enough quickies. Deal. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to trailer talk, where we talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we thought of them, and we'll have you. And this week, we are talking The Grinch. Holding for applause. Dead and silence! <laughs> it's the, this is the upcoming 3D animated version of The Grinch from Illumination Studios. Illumination, of course, who brought us the minions. And <laughs> I
2: heard that long sigh, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Kevin, let's start with you. What do you think of the trailer for The Grinch?
2: Um... You know, it looks looks better than the Ron Howard version, for sure. Um, The the only thing that makes me a little... I don't like pop culture references in these types of things because it just seems like it's such a classic tale. I don't want, like, modern cell phones and things like that. Not that you saw any, but with the Happy Song at the beginning, I kind of rolled my eyes like, oh, this is cheap. But, you know, it looks kind of clever and cute, and the dog always makes me laugh, so I'm going to go with it, but I'm not... I'm hoping. I have good hopes. Let's just say that.
1: Happy is the Despicable Me 2 song. It's right in the
2: Illumination wheelhouse. <laughs> well, I know, but it's like... It, I, I know. The Grinch is, is its own time and place, and it shouldn't be involved with other things. Fair enough. You know what I mean?
1: I will, I will note that uh, Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch is, of course, the voice of the Grinch. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank
0: you for using his full full name.
1: That's how we do it on this podcast. <laughs> Ever since we learned that his full name is
3: that English, we must use it all the time. <laughs> Uh, Maxwell, what do you think of the trailer? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really like the movies Illumination makes so much, um, and I'm skeptical that the classic story of the Grinch can be elongated to something that works for a, a sustained runtime, which we've learned already doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That being said, I found everything the Dog did in this trailer absolutely delightful, um, mm-hmm. and thus I will go see it. Abe? Hey.
0: Uh, I agree with Maxwell's earlier point. I'm not a huge fan of the Illumination movies. Um, although, Sing is Illumination, right?
1: Yeah, Sing, Sing's like our that bright one, spot. Yeah, that, one's, that <laughs> one's okay,
3: actually. So
0: That's
3: um... a pretty weak bright spot. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Zing! Um... Anyone have a flashlight?
0: No. <laughs> But it's it's one of those things where I also agree with Maxwell. I mean, how how do you long it? I've seen the Ron Howard version and I appreciated what they did with the makeup and the look of the Who's in Hootville because it's all prosthetics and and they had to you know shoot this
1: live action. But for this one... Yeah, they, they spent money on it, that's what you're saying. Yeah. They spent money to make that movie. Good job on making...
0: Uh, and and you're,
1: you recall what I told you about Jim Carrey and his makeup ordeal. With yeah, that
0: I was I was surprisingly very shocked that the that's one of the reasons why uh, Academy Award winner, uh, I forget his name, decided to leave prosthetics and makeup. But uh, with all that being said, I, it's, I'm kind of hesitant. I'm kind of 50-50. Sure, the dog is cute and fun, but... I also agree with Kevin. I, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm not huge on having pop culture references, which Illumination loves to do. So we'll see how that goes. So I'm, I'm on the fence on this.
1: Um, I have nothing really to add as far as what you guys have said. Like, you've done everything I need to say for this movie <laughs> because I'm not a fan of Ron Howard's of The Grinch. That was, that was a very disappointing movie. Like, I remember being very excited about that because, like, yeah, I love Jim Carrey. Why would I not want to see a movie based off the Grinch with this guy at that time in 2000? And then I saw the movie, and it's like, oh, this is why I would not want to see this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that was a disappointment. And, you know, it's not like the Dr. Seuss movies that have come since have uh, done I, anything I for me. Yeah,
0: that, that's actually what I thought about, too. I, I thought about Horton, Here's a Who, and also, um, what's the other one? The Lorax. Cat in the Hat.
1: And the, lore, the Lorax, which is god-awful. Yeah, uh, it's like, oh.
0: eh, kind of hit and miss on these Dr. Seuss movies.
1: There's no, no, there's no hit. <laughs> there's no, what, what are, where are the hits of this? <laughs> I'm trying to give it some credit here for the kids but, that do enjoy- in Japan. Like, 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 Horton is fine. But like, that's, you know, that's the pinnacle right there. Yeah. Um, so with this, it's like, yeah, I not only are we doing another attempt at a movie that already didn't work once, it's from Illumination, which, yes, I agree with Maxwell. I'm not the biggest Illumination fan. Um... So I'm like, alright. That pants thing was clever, where he puts on his little... That was
0: weird! What are you talking about? That was
1: weird. weird. He, wears his own, I,
0: he wears his own skin as, as pants?
1: No, he just wears a very f- fluffy thing that's the same color as him.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie.
1: It's like if Kevin wore a tan sweatsuit. It's like, alright, that's weird. Just <laughs> I,
3: my <laughs> um My wife turned to me after the trailer and was like, why are the townspeople not scared of him? Aren't they supposed to be scared of the Grinch? Yeah. So we're just, wondering like, sort of strange. how it fits in and what time frame it takes place during in relation to the classic story we know. I'm mean, curious to see what they do.
1: He's just freely I, I will,
0: shopping I, I around say, the town.
3: I will say
1: Cumberpatch Cumber, is <laughs> – I think that's pretty ideal casting. I think that works for a, a Grinch. For
0: his dryness, um, Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, you got Danny Elfman doing music. Apparently, so was like, well, maybe he'll do something yeah. more Danny Elfman-y in a movie like The Grinch for a change.
2: Because, yeah, uh, rather would appreciate. Yeah, or whatever. It's
1: been, it's been a while since Elfman's done yeah, like, kind of like full, full angle blingo in a movie. Exactly. And then, not that it matters too much, but I noticed it's directed by Scott Mosier, who's like Kevin Smith's former producer slash like huh? best friend. And I'm like, oh okay. really? <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's directing this. He's directing an animated comedy.
3: So good for huh. him. Interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, The Grinch arrives in theaters uh, November 9th, uh, this, later this year, so we got that. Guys, before we move to our main review, my lovely girlfriend has pointed out that I made a giant omission from our out-now quickies.
0: Damn.
1: The Hurricane Heist came out.
0: Oh, weekend. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it down, so it wasn't in front of it's, me on the it's script. A, but...
0: It's a trailer that we've talked about, and we were both impressed by the trailer.
1: It's surprising that this movie went to theaters, given the things that aren't going to theaters these days. Right. right. Like, you know, like Cloverfield, not in theaters. Annihilation, only in theaters only in America. Only
0: in theaters in the U.S., yeah.
1: A movie, Hurricane Heist, that's not even from a major studio, that stars Toby Kebbell and Maggie Grace and Ryan Quantin in, like, <laughs> 2,000 screens, at least. <laughs> like, it's... Now, I say all this, and directed by Rob Cohen. Um, <laughs> famous for... I
0: directing uh stuff like uh the well, for
1: the original fast and the furious triple x <laughs> daylight
0: that's like he, this Heart. is his wheelhouse then stuff. i am the
1: last one like all of this never cross cross don't cross you can't cross alex <laughs> cross never cross alex cross uh but now he's made the hurricane heist and guys this movie is delightful it is really fun <laughs> This, this is the movie that I wish Geostorm was. Like, Aww, Geostorm did not man. deliver. Geostorm missed out on, like, being just full-on, like, bonkers. bonkers. This, movie, yeah. this movie right away gets to it. I'm going to describe to you the scene of this movie because it's fantastic. Okay. You have young Toby Kebbell and Ryan Quentin, so they're like kids, and they're with their father in a truck. Honestly suggested this scene should have been in black and white, which makes sense. Uh, they're, like, they're driving intensely from a storm that's about to happen, and then they're like, in a like their father is like in a tow truck. They're driving. They st- they stop and they see. A, they, oh no, they um, something goes across the road. So he has to like swerve off the road and it crashes into like the grass. And so they can't move. But there's a house nearby. Raging storms happening. All this is happening. Uh, the, he's like the father's like, kids, get out of the car, go to the house. And so they go to some random house. Um, and then the father's like, I gotta go back and get the truck. Why he needs to get the truck right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> but what he does. So he goes back outside. The storm is raging The like the the house is so crappy that they're in that, like the foundation's breaking away. So like the house is like bl- it seems like the hell is going to fly away. I'm literally thinking it's about to be a Wizard of Oz situation right now. <laughs> um, hmm. As this is all happening, the father's like intensely trying to like wrap uh wrap the uh, like the trucks. Um, what's it called? The cable around like something so he can help get it out again. I have no idea why he needs this truck right now. He should be in the house, but he it doesn't quite it, Aaron, it he doesn't, doesn't understand. He
0: needs that truck.
1: I guess it was one day from retirement. Um, he needs that truck, but he eventually <laughs> gives up on it. He starts running back towards the house, and as he's running, you're watching the kids looking out the window at their father, and the wind blows like this – I guess it's like the um, the water tower, and the water tower is like rolling on the grass, and it runs no. over the father. No. It's <laughs> so the like no. they see their dad die, and as that happens, it, it's – so it's young Toby Kebbell – it's, like, now he's afraid of hurricanes, and the last thing he sees before we, like, cut the credits or whatever is, like, a skull in the clouds forms that, like, show, like, the visible, the visible manifestation of death that's coming out of the clouds of this hurricane.
0: See, I thought that, Which, that was going to be one of those things where he's all of a sudden angry at hurricanes all the time. That's why he's the way he is.
1: It's, like, looking at, like, a crappy, like, Ghost Rider CG thing coming out of a cloud. Like, that's what it looks like. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, and then it's, like, you know, the hurricane. Does, it, does it
0: hard cut to title?
1: No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't hard cut the time. Oh, it that should would
0: have been great if it hard cut. That,
1: but that said, all the text like blows away every time it transitions through the next. Like, <laughs> of so, course, it would. That's the and that that skull thing, by the way, does not come again until like the very end. Like it seems like that should be a recurring thing. Like every time he sees Toby Kebbell, he sees like random skulls and clouds to show how he's afraid of hurricanes, even though he grew up to became a meteorologist. that he's? he's the hurricane expert. He he hates. He's so scared of hurricanes that he had to study them. Yeah.
0: You couldn't tell, well, right? but I was laughing really hard just <laughs> silently.
1: <laughs> but, no, so, that's just the, but the movie is, like, It's fun, it's, right? It is what it is, but it's fun. Like, oh, yeah. every character, every actor is going, is, like, going for it. Like, they really, like... See, those, even those are like
0: the, the ones fun. where it's the most fun, when every actor is going for
1: it. Oh, going for it, even the smaller actor, like, the, this, there's, like, one guy that plays, like, a sheriff who's in on the heist, and he's, like, so over the top. It's like, wow, this is we're doing, this, guys. We're in this movie. It is quite, it, I mean... This is one of the better movies I saw this week. <laughs> like,
0: so what would you pair it with? Uh, what, would, what would you double feature it with?
1: What would a double feature it with?
0: Would it be like Triple X?
1: Well, I'm a big fan of the film Hard Rain with Christian Slater and Morgan okay. Freeman. Hmm. This is basically Hard Rain too. So I mean, it's a, <laughs> heist, <laughs> a heist during a giant storm. So right. that's that makes the most sense right there. Duly noted. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the Hurricane Heist. On and I saw the Hurricane so we Heist. Sure we should go out blast. and
3: see it in theaters. It, it was a fun movie to watch. It I'm fun. really excited to watch it on TNT one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there are going to be
1: commercials.
3: You'll need a break from all the fun you're having.
0: Oh, okay. Because they know drama. (laughs) Characters (laughs) well. Still not a sponsor. Very fun. That's TBS.
3: Characters well. The same, same company. That's (laughs) USA. Bum bum bum. I don't know what that means. All right, moving on.
1: Was NBC. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Little off key. (laughs) That was my sneak in second out of pickies. Damn. Okay. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for A Wrinkle in Time. Is that his work? What's it about?
0: Their dad. He wanted to touch the stars.
3: Imagine that the ant here wants to get to her other hand. Its quickest option is to walk across the street.
1: But it turns out a straight line is not the shortest distance between two points. Not if you use a fifth dimension. It's
0: outside of the rules we know of time and space. So the ant
3: arrives in my hand instantaneously.
1: So you fall into space.
3: More likely wrinkle it. Heard a cry out in the universe.
2: My father's alive.
3: We believe he is, and we're here
0: to help you find him. We are in search of warriors.
3: Warriors who serve the good and the light in the universe. You're kidding.
0: Do I look like I'm kidding? A little. I'm not. I'm not.
1: Your father's trapped by evil energy.
3: It's too strong for our light.
1: And the only one who can stop it. Is you be a warrior? Alright, that should have been some of the trailer for A Wrinkle in Time. Following a few smaller films, director Ava DuVernay received a large boost in her presence I think we were as a
0: established Duvernay.
1: DuVernay received a large boost in her presence as a filmmaker thanks to directing the critically acclaimed best picture nominee Selma. Her follow-up film, the Oscar-nominated documentary 13th, further cemented her as a filmmaker willing to explore issues through quality filmmaking. A Wrinkle in Time presented DuVernay, with the chance to tackle a $100 million budget film, a first for a woman of color in a live-action film world. The film is based off the supposedly unfilmable 1962 novel by Madeleine L'Engle, adapted for the screen by Frozen's Jennifer Lee. A Wrinkle in Time tells the story of a young girl, Meg, played by Storm Reid, who is accompanied by her younger brother, Charles Wallace, and fellow student, Calvin, on a fantastical adventure across the universe in search of her missing father, played by Chris Pine. She's able to do this thanks to the help of three astral trave- travelers who the Mrs. What's It, Mrs. Who, and Mrs. Witch, played by Mindy Kaling, Reese Witherspoon, and Oprah, who assure Meg she is special even if Meg is suffering from an emotional crisis. Maxwell, had Did you read, are you familiar with the book, and what do you think of the I, film?
3: I am familiar with the book. I have vivid memories of reading it uh, in school in fifth grade um, with a particular teacher. Um, I've never read any of the follow-up books, but yes, I am familiar with it. Um, so this film is interesting. So, um, if you were to view it in the traditional sense of narrative and the way that stories are told and facts are given to the audience, um, it doesn't quite hit those marks. And I think that's partly intentional and partly, uh, the script could have used a few more passes to make it a little more cohesive. That being said, I found the film to have a really strong emotional clarity and, um, passion that ultimately won me over. Um, there's some sequences that actually really affected me emotionally and allowed me to, uh, tap into my inner child and some of my own, uh, demons with, uh, self-esteem, um, and, you know, it me to, you know, see the light. Um, I think that the the performances are, for the most part, really good. Some of the CGI is not the best, but um, I I think it's pretty ambitious and and takes some, some unique pathways and risks in the way that it sort of just goes for it and doesn't take any time explaining anything. And I think that's partly because this is truly a film made for children. Like, I don't even think the screenwriter or Ava were interested in pandering to adults or trying to explain any of the science They're like, we want kids to just jump in and go on board. And and I think the minds of children work a little bit different than adults and are able to just sort of go with things more than we are. We need more data. Um, And I think in that regard, it's pretty successful. Um, But I know that's uh, somewhat of a controversial uh, opinion.
2: All right. Well,
3: Kevin, what did you think of the film?
2: Um, Probably everything opposite of what he just said. (laughs) I... (sighs) I just didn't like anything about this movie except for Storm Reid, who I thought was fantastic. Um, I thought it was horribly miscast. Reese Witherspoon is literally atrocious. I've never seen her act this bad in my life. It needed to have a Helena Bonham Carter type actress in that role. She just seems, it seemed like three super famous actresses playing dress up. As soon as Oprah comes down and she's 30 feet tall, I just wanted to laugh because of course, you know, queen Oprah, and now she's coming down literally as a giant. And it just, the whole thing was baffling to me. I didn't, I actually thought they talked too much. I thought they tried to explain too much, but what they were explaining to, I felt the audience was these constant, like super soul Sunday things all strung together, but they were all different. There was one about family, one about having heart, one about having self-esteem, one about being a warrior. What, what do you want this movie to be about? Pick one. Because every time it would change, I'm like, oh, that's what this is about. And then it would change again and change again. I just, I don't, I think kids are going to be bored out of their minds. And then the other thing too is it was super sloppy. The constant use of pop music, underscoring, I couldn't even hear dialogue because they would play a Sia song. I'm like, oh, that's Sia, that's nice, maybe I'll buy the soundtrack. But I'm not paying attention to what's on screen, because it immediately dates the movie, and it won't be a classic, because it just it's of a certain time at this point. And I thought that was a a misstep. And by the end, I was just bored, I just wanted it over, because I just didn't care. The only thing that actually worked for me emotionally was when the two parents come together. But when 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 they, when she sees her dad and it's not a big spoiler, but I just didn't care. I didn't even know where they were going half the time. I'm like, where are we going now? What planet? Are, why are we going to see this person? They just seemed to kind of randomly be taking people all over the place. So I don't know. I was I got really frustrated and bored.
1: I will note that Wrinkled in Time came in uh, second place at the box office this weekend, making $33 million, which, for a $100 million film as opposed to a, you know, $200 million blockbuster, uh, not bad. We'll see what the yeah, nice. kind of... where I'll, I'll be curious where things go and the kind of the build-up uh, into, you know, the coming weeks or what have you. I'll note course, the cinema score is a B. Um, what did
2: Black Panther make? Was Black Panther number one? It was yeah, number one, it was yeah. It was 40,
1: 40 with Black Panther is unstoppable.
2: <laughs> but,
1: uh... <laughs> but, uh no, I mean yeah, uh, uh, the Cinema Score is a B. That again, that you know, that transfers to more adults than kids. I don't think kids are doing Cinema Score all that much, so that I mean, doesn't <laughs> We're not doesn't fair. account for much to that age group. Um, and Hurricane Heist is a B minus, so I don't know what to think anymore. That is a <laughs> solid A. Like, <laughs>
3: oh,
0: um, and Strangers is a C. In the oh.
1: Why is Strangers? I mean, horror generally doesn't do very well, but Strangers seems better than a C. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what you guys,
0: from make? what yeah, from what you guys said, it seems like it seems better
2: than a C. But look, yeah. Kevin, what? How much does that make?
1: Strangers? Strangers? Strangers did its third place of $10, 10 million. Million.
2: yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that's disappointing.
1: I mean, it's, not, I mean, I can't
2: it's probably, it it's probably like very a, expensive. a $10 million movie, right? Yeah, I know, but I wanted to, you know, I don't know. I just kind of wanted... When, when you make a sequel 10 years later. Anyhow. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, Abe, what did you think of the film?
0: Uh, to answer your first question, I'm not familiar with the source material. I've never read the book, but I've always been interested in the cover with the uh, the human Pegasus type... Uh and creature on there. Um, and the swirling clouds. Um, I'm glad that I've had a few days to think about this because after I watched it in the theaters, I was, I was actually really, uh, I don't want to say upset, but I I was kind of just going to trash it if we were going to record it the same night. Um, and it, it wouldn't have been a good idea. Um, but I've had a couple days to think about it, and for the most part, I mean, I'm kind of there with Kevin. The movie is still boring to me, and the reason why is because I think that ed- editing-wise, it's n- it's poorly edited, and I think from a thematic theme- standpoint, there are a lot of themes that are being mixed here, and for whatever reason... I'm not really sure who the, the main protagonist is sometimes in the scene. You know, I know that it's going to be about Storm Reed's character um, and her demons that she has to deal with, but sometimes it's kind of about Charles Wallace, and then, you know, he seems to be the star of the show at, at some point, and that dude is just like, as, as, as cute of an actor as he is, he's, he's really, there's a, a sequence that is super long that involves him that I was just like, this is really a lot of scene-chewing.
1: Um, they give him some. They give him some heavy lifting.
0: Yeah, and and yeah. according to the source material, which I further did research on after this, watching this movie, it's like okay, well that that's that's going to happen anyway. You know what I mean? Um, because there's the larger theme of love and how that comes into play, which I didn't get when I was watching the movie. Um, they mention it, but it wasn't as though it was earned to some degree. So I was very curious as to how all this progresses, because they seem to really, again, editing-wise, they just seem to jump through things to get to these new worlds. So, for instance, Charles Wallace is introducing us to um, uh, Academy Award winner, what's-her-face's name? Uh, Slipping my mind right now, for whatever reason. um,
1: Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon,
0: thank you, yeah. So he's introducing us, and then she just comes in and gives us this giant plot device that says don't worry, we got you, here you go. And so I, I kind of don't think that it was a great use of those actresses either because I kind of expected them to be a little bit more hands-on, more involved, a little bit more um, like guiding in some respect of helping these children get to these places that need, they need to go in terms of the moral and the theme. Um, I think there are other movies that, are, that approaches these themes but in a much better way. Um, and then I guess finally, I also agree that I didn't like the, the, the pop music that I was playing to some degree. It also felt like there was just this music here that wanted to be placed in the movie and it just becomes a sort of like mini music video. Uh, I do think that there are some actors that are really good in here. I think, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw does a pretty good job with how little she's given. I think Chris Pine is getting this too. Um, for, I don't even know why this guy Calvin is in there, but there's no real explanation the the thing that really bothered me and this is sort of toward uh the the middle end is you know we get this exposition of why some of the characters that we've seen previously like the mean girls are the way that they are and there's or or we get this you know exposition of of why calvin is the way he is and it's just again just doesn't feel earned so on the whole you know i've been hearing a lot of of the director and, and all the other cast members say, like, you know, this is a movie for, like, you know, 8- to 10-year-olds. But at the same time, I've seen other movies for 8- to 10-year-olds that also work for adults or also thematically present themselves in a much clearer way.
1: I, um, <clears throat> I actually do like the music in this movie. <laughs> I, I think, it, I think it's, it, it gives its own identity to me where, as opposed to getting, you know, traditional scoring. Um, I'm happier to get, you know, some random songs here or there that still, I think, play into the theme of the film. Uh, regardless... I I would agree that the from I, I would say the film for me is a mixed bag. I do think there are strong elements here. Um, it's just the rhythm of the film never quite worked for me. Um, I really want to go with what Maxwell said as far as making a movie that's designed to play exclusively for kids and not and and go with the idea that there's 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 a, a looseness to how to explain things because. Kids don't tend to need that much explaining to compute the logic. At the same time, like what you just said, Abe, I do think there are plenty of kids' movies that don't really concern – that. that's not a concern, where it's easy to kind of discern what the rules are or how this world is grounded in some way while still going along with the fact that it's a whimsical adventure. Um, And I think the film is confused in how to present a whimsical adventure, not that it needs to be super lighthearted or what have you, but it just – I feel like i needed more grounding every time i reached a new planet or a new world or whatever and instead i have characters that kind of you know say like okay we're here now and we're doing this thing and the world's special for this reason but it just never quite the way characters were interactive of each world they went in never really kind of clicked for me as if they're having this neat adventure it just felt more like okay we're here now is there anything else here? Not really. There's like some plants in one scene, but every every world is kind of empty. So I, was, I wasn't really getting much of much wonder from what was going on. The, the cast wise, I did say yeah, there's some good performances here. I do think uh, Storm Reed is strong as the as Meg, and I think Zach Galifianakis is like the one guy. Zach Galifianakis is like the one guy that seems to know what movie he's in. I, I agree with Kevin where I think you have Witherspoon and. It's mainly really her. Like, I didn't. I wasn't really bothered by like Mindy. I get what the character was. Like, she's yeah. used quotes to explain who's, you know, get to in a given scene to get around what she, what, what the, you know, what's going on. And even Oprah, it's like, well, she's Oprah. I mean, it's 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 hard. It, it, it's if you're playing this kind of like this being that knows all and whatever, It's like, yeah, that that makes sense. It's that kind of casting, I guess. But like Reese Witherspoon's sure. the one that just felt like weird because he just enters into this movie. Charles Wallace just walks in. And is like, "Hey, it's Miss it? It's like, "Who is she?" And then she does like everything she can to not explain who she is to people that are in the real world that are just like, "All right, this random person's in my house. Should I be alarmed by this? No, I guess not." Like it's just it. There's a lot of things like that that just kept bothering me. And then by the time you get to more of the emotionally themed scenes um, involving certain certain meetings between characters. I wanted that to resonate more, and despite being really well acted by particularly Storm Reed and Chris Pine, mm-hmm. they just didn't connect to me in the way they should have, and I think that's a problem for a film where these seem to be things that are, you know, make a big difference um, beyond just strong messaging about being, you know, yourself and accepting how special you are. It's like I should also be able to connect this as a narrative feature, and it just it wasn't quite hitting those marks. And then there's little things like you mentioned. Calvin is like, "Why is this kid here? He just kind of shows up." And I wonder, like, is there a longer version of this movie that really justifies there this? Because I, be. I was surprised that it was it was under two hours. I thought I was walking into like a two hour fifteen minute movie or well, something. Well,
0: like I mean, there was some stuff in the trailer that's been cut too. That well, I was I, I was kind of curious to see how they're gonna do that wrinkle in time title. So, anyway,
1: but yeah, I mean, compared to. At least, Kevin. I think there is stuff here that's you know worth recommending. And I do think I'll be. I am more curious to know what a younger audience thinks of this movie. I've yet to kind of hear this response since the movie opened because I, I want to know if it actually is connecting on that level. But I mean, as a, as a guy who you know is happy to see a lot of fantasy movies and enjoys them for the most you know the ones that are the ones I consider to be good, for both being able to connect with the adults. This just this wasn't quite getting there for me.
0: So I want to touch on. Um... Academy Award winner Reese Witherspoon. I keep on trying to uh, remember her name, so I added the Academy just to jog my memory. But I think she's good in the movie. I think that she... For, for, because she's the witch that has the most to say and do. And that's what I was expecting. I was kind of hoping more from that from Oprah and, and Mindy Kaling. Who I think have like maybe like six lines total in the movie. I'm I'm exaggerating. Oprah's
1: talking like all the time.
0: So <laughs> I was kind of hoping that they would they would impart like you know this knowledge and advice kind of the way that they did on the last planet where it's like hey like you know we can't really be here right now but I'm gonna impart to you love or I'm gonna impart to you this where it's like you know hey I, I would like to see a little bit more of that because there's a sequence when they get to the first world where I don't know why they're there on that first world you know Reese with the spoon. there's, like, a character that looks like a a cabbage monster, and it's like, what's the purpose of this? You know, there's no real purpose other than to show off that it looks pretty good in terms of the saturation of the colors, and there's some cool uh, uh, world building that they have with with the the halo beams around the, the planet, but there's no reason to do this or at least it's not explained to me why they're doing this so it's but in any case i actually liked reese because she had more things to say even though i agree with you guys that yeah she shows up out of nowhere it's kind of very um uncomfortable when she shows up because as a parent i'd be like you need to get the hell
1: out of my house kind of thing well that was my make if it was like in a park or something and charles wallace is like here's my friend and she's like "Tog is like all right that's whatever but like she's in her house and like the mom's right there and just yes. like should, there should be different questions being asked yes. right now yeah it was
2: weird <laughs> mommy mrs what's it mrs who no mrs what's
1: it mrs who is oh, she's like a million years older and way more knowledgeable what can i do for you mrs what's it i caught her
0: stealing
3: sheets guys she's harmless you're six come on what do you know about harmless Have I ever been wrong? Well, one of these days you might be Charles Wallace. Oh, I highly doubt that. He's one of the greatest minds in recent history. He's prodigious. But of course, we can't take any credit for our talents.
0: It's how we use them that counts.
2: But you know, I have to say that I I really goofed, and I even put this in my review and then had to have them delete it. Um, Whenever Mindy Kaling would quote... Now, there were certain people that, of course, you can say, you know, she would say the quote, and then she would say who said the quote and and the country of origin i right. guess or
1: so the language
2: she would say rumi or shakespeare and yeah that's fine because we know who those are with just one we don't have to say william shakespeare sure but then, and the outcast is just outcast but i also thought that was ridiculous because it was just too modern and weird but the last one when she said miranda american i was like is she quoting sex that's in what the I, city? I was thinking is that is that from sex no. in the city no, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. It, was yeah, from it seemed Hatton. obvious
3: to me. Oh. Disney I, thought it movie. Was, I thought it was so obvious. I, 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 think... I was actually delighted by that part.
2: <laughs> I was like so it. confused, and everybody I was with was like, what the hell was that? Right. I'm like, what the heck is going to know this?
0: Well, I'm glad that Maxwell clarified it, because I didn't get it either. I was like, why would you, quote, six in the city? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we why we why would you assume, go. I mean, you got all these last names, you assume a first name would come all of a sudden?
2: I don't, I don't know. That's I was confused. You, you well, didn't she think. kind of winks, too, and I was like, oh. <laughs> because, I mean, what are you going to do, quote the writer of that episode? No. <laughs> so quote the person who said it. Wouldn't but also, know? I've never
0: seen the show, so I was like, I don't think that they would do this in a Disney movie. So, um. Well,
2: I didn't think so either, and then when it happened, <laughs> I was like, what's happening right now?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, I, I want to speak about the challenges of each world, too, because I think that there's um, a lack of them. Yeah. Um, because I think these worlds are supposed to present themselves as these tough situations to get in. And when they get to, like, the Stepford Wives kind of household thing, I remember, like, Oprah was like, you're going to be tested, right? And I was like, this test was very simple. And I don't know why this is... It it, it didn't really, again, feel like there were any stakes in this, in this movie being involved. Of, like, hey, like, you know, we're going to be tricked by this planet that uh, is the accumulation and the personification of greed and evil and whatever the case is. It's a very simple test for them to say we're going to go eat somewhere else. Um and so it was weird on that front. Well
1: and I want to I want to speak to Maxwell about this because you are you are, you know, the, the most positive on us, but I want to point I want to agree with you to a point real quick, Gabe, where I was concerned with the how the stakes were playing in this, especially once they're being tested, especially cuz you have Charles Wallace who's the smartest of all of them and their next like their first test is well the first test is eating and then the next test is eating and it's like didn't we just past the, like I now it's just a different that. setting and it's like why are we falling for this this seems like very obvious but re- regardless maxwell were you concerned with like how the film was presenting stakes versus how it was presenting kind of what you should be gathering emotionally
3: not not at all i mean i i hear everything you guys are saying and you know i respect that that's how you approached it i i obviously just approached this from a totally different angle mm-hmm. um to me, it was always about the pure emotional stakes about a girl trying to get back her father and everything she learns about herself and her self-worth along the way. Um, the different planets, the the different tests were ultimately just, you know, silly little things along the way towards that end goal. And I think that's sort of how the film treats it also. Like I said, I, I think they could have written a more clear version of this script, Um also keeping in mind that my recollection of the book is that this sort of stuff is is pretty loose and unexplained in the book as well. Okay. Um,
1: That's my understanding, yeah.
3: Um, but it didn't – in the context of the tone of the film and what I think it was trying to achieve, it didn't really bother me. Okay. I guess to speak
1: to that point, if it was just her, if it was just Meg dealing with this stuff as opposed to her and two others – I could have went along with it more, and something like, for example, like a Monster Calls, where you have a child that's facing of, you know, various obstacles in his life that you can you can explain through fantasy, or you can explain through reality, and he's just using fantasy as a way to escape from it. Right. It, it's like the 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 way this film was presented to me, and I think you you at least moderately agree because there are other ways you could have handled this script. That's a good example that I didn't think of. That, that's I, I think there's you know by if if I'm going to travel different places or whatnot to represent the kind of Issues that she's specifically dealing with or what, it's like I don't need her to have companions in that case then. I mean that – I guess that that's part of what's well, maybe getting to me why I'm, fr- why, I, why I'm more frustrated than not because yeah. I can't just – I can't explain this away because like, oh, it's all in her mind, so it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. It's well, because he has other people here also. And that's One, why and I think that
0: it hurts that they didn't really explain – why Cowan was there. I mean, I get that, that he, he's a boy from school and <laughs> he he understands her and that's, that's he like a, cool He has
1: thing. a line that says, I just feel like I'm supposed to be here. Like that's, Kind of it. That's the right. explanation for his, for his yeah. being here.
0: And and uh, the Charles and Wallace thing is that
1: Levi Miller is not very good in this movie. I actually <laughs> like,
0: like him. I think he's okay. I think he's bad
1: here. Uh, like, and I've seen him be good. I think he's great in that that horror movie. Better Pan? watch out. Oh, <laughs> oh better, yeah. That's also <laughs> well, that's
2: right. That's what he's from. Yeah, he's better from watch Pan. out. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. But he's no, also he's
1: better but here, like his first line is like, "I like how your hair smells." I like, know.
2: Or, no, no, no.
0: He stupid. says, "I like, like your hair," and I was like, "I like uh, your hair." That's something that people don't. And like he reiterates it as
1: if like that was his calling card. But at the end of the movie It's like, that's not a cool thing to say. Yeah, like I that's know. just the, the way you're presenting it. But, yeah. but wasn't she
2: upset? But wasn't she like subconscious about her hair? She is. Yeah. It, it, so, actually,
1: like, I get why it's supposed to be how it's supposed to be played. I just didn't like yeah. how it was played.
0: Yeah, and then and then you get to Charles Wallace, who I think. The, the direction shifts onto him and he becomes sort of the central character because he's so smart I mean he understands what's going on in the world so it seems as though the it which is the the, the main antagonist is searching for Charles Wallace rather than it's searching for meg right and Not I was a like,
1: great movie to use the words it and tesseract I know in, yeah
0: <laughs> I was like wow that's all I'm ex- I'm ex- imagining a giant clown now so uh, but regardless it, it moves into Charles Wallace and I was like oh that's a weird that, I didn't expect the movie to go that way, which the, the source material does do the same thing, right? Uh, because he's, he is very uh, uh, precocious. Um, so it, it was just weird that from the movie standpoint of me not knowing where the, movie, the story is going to go anyway, I was like, wait, is this story about supposed to be about Meg? Why is it all of a sudden about Charles Wallace now? Because it seems like the it really wants him so that they can rule the galaxy together. And I was like, I don't understand why we're shifting our attention from Meg, who is trying to fight through you know, believing these witches, believing in herself, trying to,
1: uh, fill the void of her father. I, I feel like you're overstating his presence in this movie a bit. Because yeah. Charles Wallace? feel like, the, I feel like Wallace? the movie suddenly, like, dropped her so it could it, be all about Charles Wallace. I just figured, okay, it's, it's giving me, a new antagonist to worry or a yeah. new threat to uh, worry about.
0: That's a good way to look at it. I definitely didn't see it that way. Cause I was thinking like what I just explained, why are they
3: focusing on Charles
0: Wallace so much? But well, yeah, like for, it, but me, like every... for me,
3: yeah. yeah, for me, it felt like it, which I believe in the book is referred to as the dark thing or the black thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which they might've changed for,
1: I can see why. Um, yep.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, better you to say it than me, I think. Um, <laughs> Uh and and that's also uh just to backtrack quickly why I think the hair is is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's a lot of uh racial identity stuff very subtly going on in this film that I thought was interesting. Yeah, sure. But in terms of Charles Wallace, I think it's just they the it in the film, you know, they use Charles Wallace as a human uh vessel like, vessel yeah, for yeah. the antagonist okay. because you know, just a big CG thing is not that interesting as we've which seen you, Which we still kind of get in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. We, we still sure. see it, and, and it kind of, I don't think that it was doing it any service by giving it, you know, the voice that it does give it, which is like, this is a very generic bad guy voice. It was
3: um, uh, David Oyelowo, actually. Yeah, David,
0: was David voice, Oyelowo yeah. was doing it. David Oyelowo was doing it. Martin
1: well. Luther King himself. <laughs> 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 the, the gringo had an interesting the, yeah, weekend. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. I will um, say this: I do yeah. think the best the best scene in the film is the meeting between Meg and Chris Pine, and uh, yeah, Chris Pine. I think so uh, too. Al, Doctor Alex in the in Drake's Hotline Bling video. That's yeah. that's where they met. <laughs> um, I could not it not does think, look like, like that. <laughs> no, it did completely. That was the only thing I was thinking of the whole He's like he's like in that set. Like that's what it looks like. It's yeah, just yeah, all colors. Yeah. But I but it's what's annoying is because that scene is so good um between as far as the acting the the kind of the style the way it looks the way it's directed and but then you get towards and i'm not going to go too far into it but there's another conversation they have towards the end of the film and it just hit me so wrong because of the what they're saying because it feels so off base as to what the movie was showing me where you have a father that disappeared for a reason that was not his fault yeah and then the film's making kind of making a point as if like it was his fault. And I'm like, that's not the movie I was watching. And it's just like, like where it's like, well, what what am I, I don't know what I'm, there's like, you mentioned this, Kevin, like there's, it's going in a lot of directions to kind of get me behind the emotional journey. And it's like, I'm happy to go along with one of these journeys, but you're giving me a lot of different ones without kind of justifying each, any of them to a satisfying degree. And that's ultimately why I'm just not in on the movie. Like, I want to like it. Like, there's a lot of great stuff in it, but it just it just has its issues.
0: I agree. It does have its issues. It's colorful, but... Maybe. It is.
1: Other uh, other thoughts on the film?
0: Oh, uh, The Parallels to Never-Earning Story. I mean, I, I certainly got those, and I think The never Ending Story is a better movie. I yes. Kind of deals with uh, sort of this, maybe not the, the lost part. I mean, although Bastion's mother is not there. Um, but still, like the, the, the idea of the nothing and what the nothing does is um, is much more effective. Um, but I also thought of movies like Bridge of Terabitha, that yes. also deals with loss. And then I thought of Paranorman, which also deals with loss. And I was like, see, these movies, I understand that perhaps people think that they might be a little bit more for adults than they are for children, but at the same time...
1: Yeah, Bridge of Terabitha, I think, works for everybody. Right,
0: right, but I mean, they're housed in the... In the um, I guess the family section of, of the, the blockbuster down the street that is mm-hmm. now defunct.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the non-existent blockbuster.
0: Yeah.
3: One interesting thing I noticed, and this is sort of uh, taking out, out of the context of the film, mm-hmm. um, is when the reviews started coming in, I noticed a little bit of a, a gender divide, um, and it seemed to me like uh, female critics, although there were some who didn't like it, in general were more positive uh, towards the film than the male critics, um, which I just, I, I don't know what that says or what it means, but I thought that was really interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the main thing I was noticing with just all the reviews was everyone, positive and negative, were pointing out the same problem. Like, mm. that's <laughs> what I kept catching yeah. on to.
3: Yeah, I think... I, I I mean, go- oh, I'm sorry, but go ahead, Maxwell. I was just going to say, I think... Uh, We all sort of agree on the problems it has, and then ultimately it was how the other stuff connected with us and worked with us. And that's ultimately what's interesting about film or art or music is like we all bring our own personal experiences to it, and so to just talk about aesthetics or narrative – it's interesting only to a point when you're considering the human factor and how we are all unique and, and have different emotions and different upbringings and different experiences that we then sort of project onto films or things connect with us differently. And this has been a really interesting uh, litmus test for um, in that regard, in the way that I think this there's a clear divide in the response to this based on the emotional connection and whether it worked with people or if it affected people based on you know, what they've been through. Right.
0: And, and yeah, I was just going to pay
3: back and say that,
0: uh, as much as everyone here, uh, might have some problems with it. Maxwell is also acknowledging that there are problems with the movie. So it's, it's not, you know, super black and white. It's kind of gray, but, um, you know, just wanted to say that.
1: Well, what I, I think what I am saying, I mean, you're, the point you're making Maxwell. I mean, yeah, there's kind of a, an association that various people are going to have to any movie, but yeah, this movie specifically because you don't get movies, you know, that have storm Reed as the main character, and often and so and what i can when i can't appreciate about the film as opposed to something like black panther not that they're anywhere really near the same but that's a movie that that's but i'm gonna make a point there's that's a movie that very much is bringing the fact that it is very much about black people about africans and african-americans very much has that as a, a a a factor into the plotting of the film and this is a film that it has, you know, Storm Reed, Oprah, Mindy Kaling, among others Google Ma- among others that are you know, without making a point about it. Like it, it's 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 something that's there and you even mention this. It's kind of like there's some subtle ideas that are presented, but the film's just mainly going, you know, this is just this is things how things are. Like Chris Pine is part of a multiracial family. There's nothing to say about that. It's just that yep, it's presenting it, it as is. the world is. Yeah. yeah. And those, I are, agree. those are, those are certainly aspects I can, you know, get behind Same. or whatnot. I mean, it, there's no reason not to, unless this is a really differently themed podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: as,
3: also, as far as Chris Pine is concerned, I think he's the best of the Chris's. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I think this is further
1: evidence that he's consistently, like, very good in things. Wait, and... wait, I,
3: want, I have a follow-up question
0: to that. Maxwell, who is the second best of the Chris's?
3: I'd probably I say it's... Evan's. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends on on you know what you consider best, but I'm inclined to go with with Evans. Okay. Um, I think both him and Pine um, are the most versatile and can bring the most emotional complexity to their roles. Whereas Pratt and Hemsworth, who I like, also yeah. are more just charismatic, fun actors. And I see. I was gonna say Rock, Rock
1: is the third. Rock is the third. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that was in the that was in the skit that Aaron said to me no, about the Oscars. Yeah, the
3: Lon- Lonely Island skit.
0: Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that was a great skit.
1: And then Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. Kevin, do you have any fight in the uh, the Chris battles?
2: <laughs> Chris Klein, number one. Chris Klein? Chris <laughs> Klein. <laughs> Street oh, Fighter. Boy. <laughs> you know, honestly, I walked out that's the only movie I've walked out of in like twenty years is Street Fighter. How wow. long
1: how far did you get? Because he uh, has choice parts in that movie.
2: <laughs> he died you know, and the, the the funny thing is I think now I probably would have stayed just because he was so awful that I was enjoying his scenes, but I was like, I can't. I got to go. Can't yeah. there's, stay. A,
3: there's almost a, like a, a certain pure beauty to how awful he is in that movie. <laughs> like I, Dang. like when Nicolas t- Cage is awful and he's frequently awful, I think he's <laughs> awful because he realizes the movie is awful and he's just getting paid. Uh-huh. But I think Chris Klein is so sincere that it, it's just, there's something like endearing about it, even though you're like, bro, what the, are you doing?
1: <laughs> so any other thoughts on A Wrinkle in Time? <laughs> uh, Look, I,
3: you know, if I'm being honest, I wish it was a little better than it was. I had really high hopes for it, but it still worked for me overall in what counted. Okay. Um, and for what it's worth, my wife loved it even more than I did. Cool. Yeah. Um, so.
0: I, my last final thought is, why does Calvin have like three shirts and where did his jacket go and then why did he have his I jacket back? I kept
1: wondering this too. like, how many shirts does this kid wearing?
3: <laughs> Thank layers. you. That's why we're co-hosts. Cool. <laughs> All the 12-year-olds are wearing layers. <laughs> Good point. I mean, if I'm going on a fantastical mission, I'm wearing at least four layers. See, Maxwell's thinking ahead. He's practical.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like Michael Peña's beach attire, by the way.
0: Too, that's too hot! That. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we're in a jacket at the beach!
1: It, look, it looks like he wore his own clothes and then they gave him a mustache and some red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just classic Pena. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Alright, well, let's see. Let's, uh, where should people go and see A Wrinkle? When should people see this movie? Let's, let's start with Maxwell.
3: Um, I, I would say a matinee, especially if you have kids or like the source material. Um, but also I would advocate to support it um, as best you can so that the careers of those involved and this type of movie gets made more often. Kevin? Uh,
2: Netflix. You know, it's I like I, I see what Maxwell is saying as far as wanting, I want us to, to support, you know, African American filmmakers of, uh, you know, female, but you also have to make a good movie and I'm not just going to go pay for a movie just to make your career better if you made a shitty movie. Sucky, I'm sorry. Sucky movie.
3: <laughs> uh, I didn't Abe. think it was sucky, but uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I know you didn't say that. Right? No, 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 no.
3: I know what you're saying. I, I get it. I get it. But Abe? I want to yeah. okay.
2: support her uh, and I want to support people, but right. I just, I don't think people should waste their money if it's not that good. Abe? Yeah, I'm, uh, this is a Blu-ray rental.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm out of Netflix too. Like it's I, we didn't talk too much about the visual stuff, but it's like I I, I like support looks I like good. supporting things that like look good on the big screen. It's like yeah, it looks fine, but like yeah, I, it's not one where I'm like knowing what I know now, I wouldn't need to race and racing out to see it. Um but way, I, I just want know. to
0: point out—I don't remember the last time he gave something a Netflix rental because I'm usually the guy that gives things Netflix rentals. And you...
1: Well, we were coming—we're coming off award season, Abe. So yeah, 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 yeah. there was a lot of really No, good no, news. but I
0: just even still, before award season, I was like, I don't remember the last time that Aaron gave a, something a Netflix. So.
1: Anyway, all right. Um, well, that's our review for Wrinkle in Time. Let's move on now. Let's get to our feedback.
0: Feedback, feedback, feedback.
1: We we'll go over the various questions answered on our Facebook page, facebookcom now We asked a number of questions to the listeners, they gave us answers, then they asked us some questions that we can give them answers to. Kevin and Maxwell, feel free to provide some answers if you feel the need to with these questions we're about to bring up.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: First question we asked
0: everybody, what is your favorite film with a young female hero? Luke writes, Baron von Munchausen. Uh, David has Matilda. Justin writes, well, currently Moana, but I love Mulan. But also to list a few more, Ripley, Leia, and The Bride and Kill Bill. Uh, George has Nausicaa from Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Jay has Matilda and Interstellar. Gary has The Secret Garden. Philip has Kiki's Delivery Service. And Nathan rides Spirited Away.
3: How about um, Alfonso Cuaron's The Little Princess?
2: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one.
3: Um, I agree with I some of the, the other ones. I have seen movie years. I had that on VHS
1: somewhere, too, I think. It, it I don't it's think it's fun. on Blu-ray,
3: which I would appreciate.
1: Yeah. Anna's saying it's one of her favorite movies as well. <laughs> it's good. Our next, uh, our next question is a uh, favorite films featuring multiple wise or magical figures. Uh, Luke writes *Scrooged*. <laughs> Philip writes *Fellowship of the Ring*. The, co- the Council of Elrond does the trick. Hmm. Patrick writes *Can't Forget*. Can't forget those excellent people from the future Council of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, Nathan writes *Sword of the Stone*. Justin writes anything Harry Potter. If I remember, Dark Crystal also. Jordan writes Collateral Beauty. Oh, oh, no, <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> oh boy. If you've that's, seen that movie, I mean, you know they why they kind of are
0: nice. whimsical and fantastical characters.
1: Uh, Luis writes Hocus Pocus, hmm. oh. and Ricardo writes Do Gandalf and the Gray and Gandalf the White count as multiple? Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. they do. <laughs>
0: He clearly <laughs> says, "I don't know who Gandalf the Grey is anymore." <laughs> um, any any uh, any wise magical figures from that you guys like?
2: Neverending Story has a bunch, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. I say- uh, Obviously, I will say Everest, Willow. like child.
3: <laughs> Willow. Willow, Willow, whoa! How about the um, like the troll folk in Frozen?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, who were like you know forgotten after their one song or actually do they get a the song in the short or do they get a song in the movie I can't remember
1: no thankfully they're not in the short <laughs> they're
0: in the
3: they're in the musical though yeah. oh so good there's uh, a lot re-imagine. of fixer uppers reimagined a little bit <laughs> over there
0: alright the next question is What is your favorite? what are your favorite worlds from a kid friendly fantasy film uh, Jordan writes Psh, Hogwarts etc easy uh, Nippon writes Narnia Justin writes, both of those are great choices. I would add Wonderland. Uh, Nathan writes, does Wonka's factory count? Yeah, of course. It's got, like, layers. (laughs) Uh, Jason has uh, uh, Middle Earth. Uh, The Hobbit is a kid's book. Justin writes, maybe even Tomorrowland. And lastly, Patrick writes, always liked Labyrinth.
1: Well, right away, I would throw in the small fishing town from Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs.
0: Yes, right under like the little uh, the letter, and uh, I forget the, the the joke that they have
3: there.
1: How it's about like, It's like swallow falls or something like that? Yeah, yeah.
3: Chew and swallow. <laughs> How about uh, Fillory? Like it?
2: I can't think of anything. Fantasy film or a kid-friendly world? fantasy film. Kid-friendly fantasy film. Tatooine. Well. <laughs> See, that, I feel like that's sci-fi, because I would have picked a couple. Of, like, I was going to say Flash Gordon, like the old 80s one. That works. That works. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I like
0: right. the sound effect, too. So. Dune. <laughs> I mean, there are giant... I don't, yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: All right. uh, our next question is, favorite Steve Buscemi performances? This is a reference to Death of Stalin. Uh, Christine writes, the homeless guy in Big Daddy. I believe his name is Crazy Eyes. Uh, Justin writes, I like him as Randall in the Monsters movies. Also loved his Con Air part. So creepy. Wasn't he an escape from New York? He was an escape from LA. Um, make sure I get that right. Yeah, <laughs> thank sister. you. Uh, Nathan writes, Mr. Pink. Yeah. Catherine writes, I love him in everything, but especially Fargo. Nipon writes, Nucky Thompson from Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Gary writes, Fargo. Philip writes, Interview. And Chris writes, Marietta Mangler.
3: Oh, no one said the right answer, which is Ghost World.
1: Oh, Ghost yeah. World is. Th- I was. I was thinking about that the other day. What's Steve Buscemi's like best performance as an I actor? Seen that movie I do think in a Ghost really World is time. pretty excellent.
2: Yeah, um, uh, I was
1: gonna say honestly, Death of Stalin might be some of his best work. Like wow. it does everything okay. that you want from a Steve Buscemi performance, as far as being both hilarious and dramatic. That is my favorite Buscemi.
0: Both of them mixed together. Anything for you, Kevin?
2: You know, I'm. <laughs> I was gonna say one, but. I... <laughs> <laughs> then I realized it wasn't him. All,
1: all the men- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was I mean, Joe Pants.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I was going to say Miller's Crossing.
1: He, he He's in Miller's Crossing. He has a very it's, small role.
2: But it's he's, very I can't tall, yeah. He has one scene and then he's dead. <laughs> it's like it kind of made me, it's the first time he really stood out as like an actor. And then I would see him and everything after that. So mm-hmm. it comes to mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, his, his Cohen roles are great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the next question is, what is your favorite horror movie that felt real to you? And this is in relation to The Strangers. Uh, Philip has The Ghost in the Darkness. And Alessandra writes, honestly, the movie life affected me on a primal level. I've never found a CGI creature scare before. I know that it was set in space and all, so maybe it wasn't super realistic. But the performances were really real to me, and it haunted me for a long time. Hey, man, if it works for you, it works for you. Well, who yeah, are we honestly,
1: say? like... I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use that for this question, but I will back the fact that that CGI creature just pissed me off so much.
0: It, yeah, it pissed me off too. I was like, dude, how are you gonna, like, these people treated you with such respect!
1: Well, it's just, it's so, like, evil, and then it even, like, gets to the point of, like, I'm gonna make an evil face out of my evilness. <laughs> I know, like...
0: it, it kills off some of, like, my favorite characters, too. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, the first kill, I'm talking about like, the captain of the ship, and it's like... No, I can care
1: less about Ryan Reynolds. It killed up here at yeah
0: also, I like how one of the first thing that, that Ryan Reynolds says, is, like, we got to stop giving it its name. Like, can't call it Calvin anymore. It's it's just it.
1: Yeah, see, Calvins are bad in movies. That's what I'm saying, guys. Um, next, uh, uh, <laughs> my dad
3: of, is named Calvin. He's pretty bad in movies too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and don't talk about Calvin Coolidge. That guy could not act. That guy, jeez. <laughs> uh, well, what, what was the question? Favorite horror film that felt real to you? I I tend to think of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, honestly, because. Yes, there's nothing fantastical about what's happening. There's a giant speeding person with a chainsaw running, sprinting after you wearing a person face. That's just, that's real. Yeah. I could, I, I don't want that to happen well, to me. Well, it also
0: didn't help that I was like 12 when I saw the movie, and... It uh, doesn't help with any age that I've Well, no, I mean, but the prologue, the prologue is like, by the way, these events are real. And I was
2: like, oh, man. Yeah, from- <laughs> John,
1: yeah, John Larrick narrating at you. It's like, okay.
2: Yeah. So. I would say, honestly, the original Halloween did it for me. Yeah. Yes, that's also
0: one of my go-to's in terms of like, you know, solid horror because it's just a crazy brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's um, I, I mean, that one it, at that point is just a crazy person. You don't
3: even know it's a brother. It really I wouldn't is. call it, uh, like one of my favorites, but in terms of feeling real, uh, open water, um,
0: yeah, that mm-hmm. one was, that was pretty solid was pretty actually.
3: It is pretty decent and, and definitely feels more on the real side. Like it, yeah. it gets to you. I, I agree with that it gets to
1: you. I'm just not a fan of that movie. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I don't love it, but if the question is which feel the most real, yeah. that would be... The... The,
1: the, the best part of the film is there's, like, late in the film where there's a shot, the camera's right on the water, and there's just sharks, like, all around her. It's like, okay,
3: it's,
1: that's effective. By the way,
0: uh, separate but related, what's that movie with Robert Redford where he's just out in the boat by himself? all is lost all is lost okay good movie not not a horror movie but you know i i just was like what's that movie where he's also like in the water vibes
1: that's a good that's a good movie i like that one lot. Yeah. good our man that's his name from the movie oh i
0: you are gonna say he's our man like the podcast <laughs> <friend.
1: Our Man>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's i didn't know that robert fans. redford was our guy <laughs>
1: our uh who isn't he isn't he everybody's um <laughs> he, he's all the presidents man i know that
0: that is true um
1: Right. Next, our, our last question here favorite film about a kidnapping gone wrong this is in reference to Gringo Amy writes Fargo and that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they kidnap the newspaper critic who gave Patty's Pub a bad review <laughs> Lee Fisher Stevens is that character um, Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes Fargo Chris writes From Dust Till Dawn that's a great answer for this question uh, Scott writes Suicide Kings Tammy writes Suicide Kings Philip writes Gone Baby Gone another great film and Jim writes dog, dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, yeah there's kidnapping that essentially. It's hostage situations.
0: Nobody nobody mentioned the big hit.
1: <laughs> I'll <laughs> mention the big hit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a kidnapping gone wrong. Don't they all go wrong? It's a movie. Generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. Yeah. Benji. The original. No. Oh, there you
0: that's go. That's a sad one. No, I don't know. I
2: can't remember that movie. A remake. It's going to be on Netflix next month. Same
3: plot, too. <laughs> Anything from you, Maxwell? Uh, I feel like Fargo would have been my uh, choice, but a, I don't know, I maybe a Panic Room? Oh, yeah. <laughs> then again, the, the notion of goes wrong is sort of amorphous, because as someone pointed out, in the movies, they tend to always go wrong. Yeah. Well, no one's ever, like, kidnapped in that movie. I mean, they're yeah, I guess. It's a home invasion, but I mean.
1: Uh, I know, I hear what you're saying, but yeah, it, it is a scenario that goes awry, yeah. that's for sure. Great casting, I mean, too. Yeah, because you gave Jared Leto cornrows. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, went right, it I went awry thinking,
0: right yeah. away. <laughs> that's not what I was. That's not my example, but yeah, no. I he has it. an
3: Oscar, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does.
1: Most of that cast has an Oscar. You got Forrest Whitaker Jodie Foster.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Is Dwight Yoakam? Does he have a song award or something?
0: Probably. I don't know, but his song is used in Terminator 2 when they're at the bar.
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> that is true.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, enough of the trivia here. Let's move into questions that everyone or no, that we are let's listening.
3: talk more
1: about Panic Room. Abe hey,
0: Nicole Kidman has more about like, that Terminator movie 2 trivia. <laughs>
3: that's another uh, movie that's not on Blu-ray.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really? very aware of that, and I'm surprised because David Venture does great stuff with his release.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: I just assume it's a weird, they're getting that criteria for the panic room.
0: Making sure the papers are all in order. Uh, Now we move to questions that uh, our listeners asked us. Philip asks everyone here on the panel today, what actors working today, say 45 years or younger, do you think will have the sort of longevity and long-term success uh, akin to somebody like Maggie Smith or Ian McKellen where they're doing the same amazing work at an advanced age?
1: How old is Fassbender?
0: I want to say Fassbender is in early
2: 40s. I think so,
1: too. You know what? I'll put this out there. I think Joel Edgerton is consistently great in things. He is. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I I would not be surprised if he continues to, you know, kind of thrive. You know, another... No, I think he's probably older than this, but I was going to say Jason Bateman is really good in things in general, but he's probably older than 45. I was playing the
0: straight guy. I was actually going to say uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I think that he's going to be... Uh, yeah. Some, he's going to have some longevity. It's weird, because as much as uh, he does, like... He'll do small roles too, so I, I see his longevity being there.
2: What about Tom Hardy? Yeah,
3: I think so. Um,
2: if he doesn't kill himself oh. <laughs> from going
3: method <laughs> on things, yeah. Um, based uh, particularly on the examples, I, I would say Jude Law and Ewan McGregor. Um, I can see both, you know, being stalwarts of, of, of British acting, what were Scottish acting, well into their sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. Jude Law's getting up there. Any, He's forty five. I mean, he's forty five. He's
1: forty five. Okay, he's on. He's on. He's on he's the. On, point he's here. on the
0: point. Yeah, but Jude Law, it's, is he's you fantastic. lucked out this
1: time, yeah. Maxwell.
0: <laughs> it's weird because I was just I was I was trying to find some Jude Law stuff because I was looking up Joe Wright because I've been watching all these director roundtables and whatever else, and I was like, man, Jude Law is really good in some stuff. So
1: good yeah. job, Jude Law's terrific. He's <laughs> yeah,
3: I guess uh, he's already uh, had longevity. I mean, he's been around for what twenty years now
1: since the. Uh, it's Gattaca, we really took off. Gattaca was yeah.
3: he he has a great role in Gattaca. Yeah. Man. And then talented Mr. Ripley where he's excellent.
0: Yeah.
2: It's what amazing. about women though? We haven't we only talked about men. That's a great point. Kate Winslet. Yeah.
0: She's consistently good in everything too.
3: Yeah. I I not... agree. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I mean she's young still, but I really think Cersei is gonna go the long haul. Yeah. I, Three I,
1: nominations I, so far. So yeah, she's
3: already like, been so good in so many things, and she—I just see really long career nice oh, yeah. for her.
0: Because I'd seen her in you know stuff like Hannah and and Lovely Bones and whatever else, but then I remember watching Brooklyn. And I was like, this is a terrific performance. And then I watched Lady Bird, and I was like, this is the best performance of the year. So like, <laughs> she should have won an Oscar for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she, she
1: has
3: another chance. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Dad's movie corner. Dad's movie corner. Yes. You saw Phantom Thread this weekend. <laughs> And? He was a big fan.
0: Big fan. Surprising. Wow. Like, I, not that, not that I'm, not that I know his movie tastes, uh, but uh, I was like, I'm kind of surprised that he would.
1: Well, he was. He was particularly noting that he was indeed laughing during a lot of it because okay. there's a lot of funny stuff in it. Yeah. While the rest of the audience was not in tune with how funny the movie really is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a fun romp at sometimes with like a dark twist. So, all mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Well, next question, Aaron.
1: Jim asks if you could choose anyone to pick for your next installment of Between Two Ferns, who would you pick?
0: I don't know if that show's been on for a while on Funny or Die. I miss it. Well, they it. do.
1: They do specials yeah. at this point. They do it when they do it.
0: I would. I would want Guillermo del Toro.
1: See, like, I mean,
0: I, I think that he'd I, be. Are you saying that he, he's he's too honest and and kind? He wouldn't. He wouldn't be snarky enough to Is uh, that Galifianakis.
1: I just, I think he'd be. You need someone that's like too so, so like stalwart. Like you need someone that, or that's not so. Um, like so. <laughs> Cold, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that you don't necessarily expect to have a sense of humor about things. We're gonna gonna go, be... Fine, fine, fine.
0: We're gonna go with Jennifer. Or unless
1: L. Like, 'cause I've never seen Gerald Observer angry, so I That's guess that'd true, be exactly, If way yeah. Zach and prodded him so much to like it, and like he'd be in on it, obviously, but like to get him to be
3: mad, like that'd be a different way to go. Yeah.
0: We'll ah. go let's go with Jennifer Ellen. There you go.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he would get roasted. Super hard.
1: <laughs> I would like to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's uh, that's feedback.
0: Feedback, feedback, feedback.
1: Let's get to uh, what, what, what time is it?
0: Oh, Aaron, I think it's time for a fun game here. <laughs> Little known fact, that's actually the music that plays every time that they test her in the movie, but it was cut in the final release.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I was cutting my tunes. I That's, know, of course, it's... the improv theme for games. Hey, do you have a game for us this week? I do have
0: a game for you guys this week. It's called HodgePodge, colon, Everything YA. This is where I'm going to ask you guys some trivia questions about YA novels turned into movies, if you can buzz in with your name, if you think you have the right answer, and uh, let's get started. Okay, the first question is, this book adaptation was the first movie for the film company Leica. Aaron.
1: Aaron. Aaron. Coraline?
0: Coraline is correct. Next one here.
1: Real fastballs on this one so far. Huh? Yeah,
0: next one here. There are seven books in C.S. Lewis's Narnia series. Can you name the books that have been turned into movies? Maxwell. Maxwell.
3: The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, Prince Caspian, and Voyage of the Dawn Treader. That
0: is correct. Maxwell on the board here. Next one here. Who is the star of the Percy Jackson film series? Kevin. Kevin. Maxwell. oh. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman is correct. You guys are all on the board here. Ansel Elgort and Shailene Woodley have shown two different Y adaptations. Which are they? I heard, Maxwell. I heard. Did Kevin bring it early? Well,
2: Kevin yeah, buzzed it before you That's finished Batman? the
0: question. Yeah.
2: Kevin. If it was too early, um, the uh, Allegiant series or whatever it's the Sea Hole series. So you're gonna called. have to get the right name. Oh, and I loved it too. <laughs> Why can't I think of it? Wait, let me do the Fault in Our Stars. Okay, and what oh, starts with a D? <laughs>
0: everyone, everyone knows it except for you. Yep. <laughs>
2: Which is weird because I, I actually really like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, You can have it.
0: Oh, somebody with the steal. Maxwell buns a second. So Maxwell uh,
2: Divergent. Divergent is
0: what's the other part of the answer, Maxwell?
3: And the Fault in Our Stars. That's correct.
0: Oh, Kevin! Damn it! Alright, next one here. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is both the name of the YA book and the movie. What is the name of the movie's sequel?
1: Aaron. Aaron? The Sisterhood of the traveling pants too. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> I was trying to trick people there. I was, I was wondering if this is a pretty question.
3: Good. I was like, "That's pretty no good." Job. I like the title <laughs> like instilled
1: on all of us. <laughs> so, I'm like, I, I, I haven't seen either, but I'm pretty sure there was the subtitle. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, wasn't,
0: I wasn't sure if someone was gonna make up some subtitle that shorts, doesn't exist. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next one here. This book series was turned into a movie starring Jim Carrey, but has since moved to Netflix starring
1: Neil er, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events?
0: That is correct. I'm going to give it to you, even though the, the Netflix series is called Just a Series of Unfortunate Events, but in any case, okay. uh, that's still correct. Next one here. This book and movie of the same name earned Gregory Peck an Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Maxwell. Record. Maxwell kill a mockingbird that is correct one of the seminal books that you read in your when you're what, fourth grade fifth grade
3: so with a sequel that never should have been published what I a disrespect f- to her forget legacy. what that book that's was
1: the one starring warshak R- right
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly
0: <laughs> before he gets blown up by uh by what's his face all right next one here this 1982 novel was turned into a 2011 movie depicting world war one and featured actors such as emily watson toby Kebble. Aaron, Aaron, Warhorse? That's correct. Yeah, I was going to finish up with Benedict Cumberbatch and Tim Tom yeah. Hiddleston. All right,
1: War Horse is that the?
3: Why it? did you have the question mark? Yes, Warhorse.
1: War I was just <laughs> saying it old timey.
3: That was such an incredible play.
1: <laughs> have you seen the play with, with the horse movie, and
3: everything? I, I, yeah, I saw it. I saw it twice. It was spectacular. Wow. The the puppetry was, whew, wow,
2: amazing. Okay. Yeah, not to hear it. That's Kevin, did you he saw that also? Oh, Kevin saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it at the panty or um, it's in here. Nice. It good. It is? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Still, is it still running or not anymore?
3: No, okay. no, no. Okay. I like the movie. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me it's, too. It's, it's yeah. well
0: shot. Got some sad vignettes. All right. <laughs> uh, next the, one here.
1: Weirdly, the main thing because I know like the no man's land scene is really famous. The main thing I remember is the like the shot that. Janus put on, like, he put a camera on a plow to show the horse plowing. He's like, yeah, that's some cool plowing action right there. <laughs> hey man, he's, being, he's being
0: creative with his cinematography.
1: Really? Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a pretty, you know, no blown out lights here, just a plow.
3: What what does Steven want me to do this time? I... <laughs>
1: that's pretty good yes. <laughs> just get a, get a shot of Peter Mullen yelling angrily at his son. And then the <laughs> son's like, I'll show you, Dad! And then he gets the like, plow going. <laughs>
0: Alright, two more. Last, second to the last one here.
1: Roll Obviously, ball. I ditched for that roll. I'll show you bad. <laughs> Did you get a callback? I got two, and then, you know, they two? didn't take wow, it. Wow, that's like the yeah, final stages. Yeah.
0: Alright, here. It was, me, it was
1: me versus all the dark-haired white boys that acted movies, and obviously, I lost out on it was, that one.
0: If only the movie was made ten years later. Yeah.
1: I, st- I wasn't even in Dunkirk.
0: <laughs> Not even in an extra.
1: Really, I really feel like I'm not fighting by Colin is movies with dark-haired white boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> moving on, moving on. Roald Dahl has made many has had many of his books turn into movies. However, only one film has been directed by Wes Anderson. Maxwell. Maxwell. <laughs> the Fantastic Mr. Fox. That is correct. Last one here. Can you name all the movies that are in the series featuring the characters
3: of Katniss Everdeen and Peter Millar? Maxwell. Yeah. Maxwell. <laughs> The Hunger Games, The Hunger Games Catching Fire, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, and The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. That eight. is
0: correct. I wasn't sure if people were going to answer early and just forget the Mockingjay Part 2 part. Anyhow. Forget
1: that. <laughs> well, you know,
0: because some people will be like, oh, well, the book series. Or the, anyway.
1: If uh, you ask the divergent question, that'd be tough.
0: I know. Yeah, and I, right. I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it because I was going to ask, what are all the names of the movies except for the one that didn't make it? To the big hmm. screen.
3: I think the second one was called the Divergent Series Cromulent. Uh, Divergent. I
0: feel like Kevin would definitely know all of these. <laughs> I don't these. know. Uh, but with Didn't all that know. being said though, Maxwell, you are the winner of this week's game. Hooray! Yeah. Everyone what else is I on get? the board but Maxwell
3: definitely came out on top there. So kudos. Be, uh, good, thank good you job. so much. I am I wear my YA knowledge as a badge of honor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's move. On. That, was games. that was games. Let's move on now to uh, let's start wrapping things up here. Let's get to Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and there's quite a few things coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Okay. Uh, first up, um, Justice League. Ooh, I didn't like it. Mm. Um, terrible. Um, the Shape of Water. Yeah, I see Oh. There, there you go. Best best sorry. Best picture winner, The Shape of Water, and best director. <laughs> And best director and best production design. I was
3: gonna say, who can forget that production design? That is true. That and true score, and, Oh, that's right. And Desplat. score.
1: Yeah, oh. Uh Next up, Ferdinand.
3: <laughs> I, did you say that it was oh. okay?
1: I liked Ferdinand. Okay.
3: I want to watch that. I mean, it down. was
0: it was Academy Award nominated Ferdinand. I think
1: because they didn't have anything it, else to nominate. Yeah. Justice
0: well, for the Lego Batman movie, I know, exactly. Captain Underpants.
1: Next up is Call Me by Your Name.
0: Ooh, yeah. It's 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 good. I think some people like it more. It's than It's wonderful. Didn't. Okay.
1: Next up is Itania.
0: I didn't like Yay. it as much as everyone else. What would you say? I di- I didn't like it as much as everyone else did.
3: Oh, I hated it so. Oh, thank you, Maxwell.
0: Fan. Here's here's like a high five for you and I. <laughs> I like that. Nobody cares what you think, Kevin. Hey. <laughs> You're sending rules. <laughs> hey. That was Those funny. bees. The bee thing that that, uh, that what's-his-face is is pretty cool.
1: That that one's a lot like Wrinkle in Time for me, where it's like, well, I like a lot of stuff in it.
0: Sean Bean, I that's what that. I'm thinking of. Sean Bean, yeah, Sean like a Bean as character. a bee guy? Yeah, yeah really that's kind of cool.
1: Uh, next up is the disaster artist.
0: Yay. I like the theme. I didn't yeah. like all of it.
1: I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
0: no. I love that. Um,
1: on Criterion this week, *The Age of Innocence*, Martin Scorsese's oh, no. period mm. drama, and uh, let's see, *Fear of the Walking Dead* season three.
0: Th- is that show still running? Lo- uh, new shows? Somehow yeah,
1: it wow. will be. Okay. it's <laughs> got to. They, they're revamping the whole series because they, you know, they've got things going. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see *The Handmaid's Tale* season one.
3: I've heard
2: good things. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see. Into the Badlands, season two. I liked
2: okay. the first season. I didn't see the second season. Yeah,
1: I never watched the second season. I heard it only got like better as, as far as what it's doing. Uh, it's I like, didn't
3: even know they made a second season, <laughs> to be honest.
1: I, yeah, it has Nick Frost in it. He's like one of the stars. Nick that Frost? Season.
3: Yeah. Okay. Oh. No, I saw previews like, huh. Well, I kind of
1: dug the first one. It's it's just like futuristic martial arts, t- the TV show. I'm like, all right. But I never... It's like because it's either that I have you know I because it comes on after like The Walking Dead or whatever on AMZ and it's like well I got to do that work so I'm not trying to watch into <laughs> the Badlands right now. <laughs> you know? um, let's see, next up, Nightfall, season one. Guess it's, about, it's about the Templars. It's like a period oh, no, drama. No, is it? What? What? I think, network on, is this I, think I think it's on History. I think it's on History Channel. Okay.
3: There's so many shows now; it's impossible right. to keep up.
1: Well, out of shows, uh, let's see, The Lion in Winter. It's on Kino this week. Okay. Older one. Mm-hmm. Um on Shout Factory we have Downfall.
0: That's actually uh an interesting movie.
1: It is. Yeah. It's more than just a meme, that's for sure.
3: Oh, that the the Hitler, the Hitler film. Yeah, yeah. One, the Hitler Hitler one. One. That yeah. that that's a that's a very hard to watch, but very excellent film.
1: hmm Uh let's see. Kickboxer: colon, Retaliation. This is, so
0: the, this best, is the, the best uh, the, of the kickboxers.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but this is the the film series with like Scott. Uh, what's his face? Right? Advin? Well, it's
1: Now, yeah, but it's. I mean, it had it started with Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay. Who's
1: in it? Yes, <laughs> it's oh, and wow. Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: Oh my! Hmm. All
1: right. Uh, let's see. On Arrow this week, The Crazies. George Romero The Crazies, the original uh, oh. film.
0: Okay, not not the uh, remake.
1: Not the remake. No. All right. uh, which is fine. Also, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, <laughs> the
0: poster is kind of really weird.
1: There's I mean, some good set pieces in that movie, but yeah, overall it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. In the original, it's like, that's a movie that's a better idea than a movie, but I like George a. Romero, so I'm happy mm-hmm. to support it, and it's on Arrow this week. And lastly, A Trip to the Moon, a new uh, Blu-ray oh, edition for George and Ray's, you know, his visual effects nice. wonder. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, that's out now. Out now. Let's go on to Extremely Cool. These are things that are now streaming on Netflix or Amazon Prime, and starting with Prime, we have Power Rangers. You Alan know, Pride.
0: I I liked it. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. It
1: has things going <laughs> it, for it. It wasn't that...
0: great, but I liked the way that they deliberately set up the characters. I did
1: not care for that. Mm. I. Yeah. It's one where I don't like it overall, but it's like, it's so weird to think this is that, that was the thing I couldn't wrap my head around. It's like, yeah, this is just a remake of that TV show. It's not anything else except just the dark and gritty version of Power Rangers, which is like, that's so weird to
3: think. It doesn't make any sense. They, really, they
0: really earned their powers, though.
3: Look, I, I, I did appreciate that... Um... Billy was autistic. I thought that was interesting.
1: It's got um, some ideas. My main problem was there's just too much Brian Cranston, which is weird. There's never too much Brian Cranston, but it's like, why is there so much Zordon? You, you in this even movie? missed
0: like the first few minutes where he's actually in. Yeah,
1: human form. I, I was I was late to the screen, so I didn't even see the opening with Brian Cranston. Right. <laughs> and there's still too much of him in this movie. <laughs> Glad you remembered that. <laughs> there was
3: just the right amount of Bill Hader, though.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, on Netflix this week, Jessica Jones season two. Oh. Okay. Um, love season three. This is the final Chad Epital produced. The final, oh, season. the third yeah. and final season. Yes. Um, let's see the next installment of David Letterman's show. My next guest needs an introduction. Um, this week, this month is with Malala. I
3: was, I was gonna say, say, but the guest does need introduction, and please tell me who it is.
1: Yeah, it's Malala, and the, I I like these these little like hour shows that he's been doing, like with him and George oh, Clooney. Gosh. And um, Obama, like it just these conversations he's having, and like the way he intersperses it with other material, it's it's very it's yeah, it's, it's so... very nice to see a, a talk show host do stuff that he wants to do as opposed to the re- the required interviews of the week. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Out. The, speaking of Academy Award winner Jared Leto, The Outsider is on Netflix this week. Um, the Outsider is that the Yakuza this, so thing? he plays he plays a white man that infiltrated the Yakuza.
0: Yeah. Okay. We we've got to talk about this on the podcast one day later, where we got to talk about like the the state of Netflix.
1: Yeah, that could be a fun bonus episode. But yeah, this is I've this has gotten worse reviews than Mute. <laughs> so, wow. And, and Mute, that's Mute did not get good reviews. Yeah. Um, let's see. And lastly, Ricky Gervais has a new comedy special, Humanity, coming to Netflix. Oh, this okay. Can can we
2: jump back a couple weeks and because I don't know if you guys talked about this? Have you guys watched Everything Sucks on Netflix?
1: That's the '90s TV show, right? I I have
2: not. It is so good, and it'll take you probably four hours to get through it because it's 23-minute episodes. I think there's eight. Oh, okay. It's literally one of the best shows I've seen in years.
1: And it's like what, like a high high school comedy type thing, or
2: it's like, well, it's kind of yeah, but it's really heartfelt. So there's a lot, and there's a. A strangely very prominent LGBT storyline in it, which I didn't expect, and they're not really advertising that. But Mm -hmm. it felt like Wonder Years mixed with my so called life mixed with Freaks and Geeks. Interesting. You sold me. Yeah. You sold me too. I think I cried like four or five times during that show. All right. So good.
1: So that's extremely cool. And next week's show, next week we're talking Tomb Raider. What? What? The latest video game adaptation, the first of two video game movies I know of this year that we'll be talking about on this show. <laughs> um, and as we know, the track record has been nothing but sterling, so we'll uh, certainly <laughs> well, see what we can come up with with this.
0: I mean, you and I both like Mortal Kombat.
1: Yeah, that was 20. 20- Plus, two years ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was like 1997, so it was 21
1: years nope, ago. It's 1995. 95, <laughs> wow. Yes. All right. Um, still at the top for me. So
0: <laughs> 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 that <sighs> reptile fight, that's... pretty fun.
1: But uh, yeah, that's the last thing we do here. What should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Maxwell Haddad, what should people see in theaters right now?
3: Yeah, I would, uh, as I talked about earlier, recommend Thoroughbreds if you have a taste for uh, things that are a little more dark. And uh, I plan on seeing Love, Simon next, which I am really looking forward to because I
2: loved the novel.
1: Nice. Kevin Taft, what do
2: people see of theirs right now? Um, I would say Please See Annihilation because it's so good. Yes. Um, And I have already seen it, but I'm going to go see it again, Love, Love, Simon Um, And I urge everybody to see it because it's a long overdue movie and it's delightful for audiences of all ages and sexual orientations.
0: Nice. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I definitely want to recommend, Or I I agree with uh, the sentiment of Annihilation to help support it, but um, there's a lot of these Oscar winner nominees and uh, whatever else that are playing right now and I would definitely recommend Lady Bird. uh, But uh, next... Tomb Raider.
1: Um, yeah, I would say support Annihilation, for sure, while it's still in theaters. Um, I'd also recommend Thoroughbreds, which is on, like, 500 screens this weekend. Like, it's out, it's out there. Okay. Yep. Um, Death of Stalin, if you can find it. It'll spread, I hope. And um, I'm seeing next is Unsane, the new Steven Soderbergh film. Oh, got, on an mm-hmm. iPhone.
3: Very interesting. Yeah, well,
1: I, 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 I I like some uh, Soderbergh. So,
0: I, uh, I saw that trailer just randomly, and I was like... Who's the Steven Soderbergh directing this? So I was like, "Oh, cool. interesting."
3: I'm I'm curious to know what aspect ratio it's going to be screened in because I saw the trailer for it today and it almost looked full frame.
1: Yeah, I'll be curious because like Tangerine was like is two thirty five, I think, right? Isn't it like widescreen? Yeah, yeah, it so, was.
3: I don't know so, if it was just a bad trailer or or what it looks like. I'm gonna be curious.
1: But, and this is the one he made like stealthily too, right? It's like no one really knew except the people making it at the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever
0: knows? Who ever knows what like Steven Soderbergh is doing?
1: Yeah, Steven Soderbergh always doing. It. I mean, he's he's like re-editing movies on his site and stuff. Like he always does like he, crazy He's
3: things. just had, like the best possible retirement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: He's like the happiest Best Buy employee. <laughs> So, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode About Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work in my personal love, zeke.com where you can find all my written movie reviews and everything else. You can also find me writing on We Live Entertainment. I'm currently reviewing the shows Atlanta and Walking Dead, of course. Nice. Mainly Atlanta. Atlanta's, that's a fun one to review. I'm happy to do it. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe?
0: Follow me on Instagram and uh, follow my Twitter, twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag DuVernay
1: or DuVernay? <laughs> Kevin Taft.
2: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Syros93, syros 93 that's S Y R O S 93, or Edgemedianetwork.com. Maxwell had it.
3: Uh You can follow me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell.
1: All right. You can find all the other episodes about Now Theran and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom.
0: Listen, our olds have over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, or Potomatic.
1: Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on A Wrinkle of Time or anything else we discussed today over at gmail.com.
0: Send some more of that good, good feedback over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast.
1: If you can find any gifts of Chris Pine in the Hotline Bling video, please send them to us Thanks. over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. definitely coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maxwell, Kevin, thank you both for joining us this evening. Thank you both. Thank you. And, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So we'll get to rain those tombs next weekend. But until next time, so long. And
0: goodbye.
3: Now I don't want to flow through a light On a cloud of man-made ice Don't want it to pass me by Don't want it to pass me by Saddle up now for the ride Waiting for the moon to ride. Don't want life to pass me by Don't life to pass me by But I've been waiting for a magic moment But maybe there are magic moments Could it be a magic moment now? I've been waiting for a
0: One here, the sisterhood of the traveling pants is both the name of the YA book and the movie. What is the name of the movie's sequel? Aaron. Aaron.
1: The sisterhood of the traveling pants two.
0: That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I was trying to trick people there.
3: I was, I was wondering if this I was a trick question. Good. I was, like, I was There's pretty no good. I like the title. <laughs> like
1: instilled on all of us. <laughs> so I'm like I I I haven't seen either, but I'm pretty sure there was the subtitle.